0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. Here we go.
1: Here we go. 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 This, this is it. Is it.
2: Hello and welcome to episode two of Top Flight Time Machine, where myself and Sam Delaney. Hi. Yeah, there he is. And I'm Andy Dawson, by the way, where we discuss uh, the Premier League year by year, episode by episode, building up into a compendium of oral. oral?
1: We never... Re- recollections we, no. of... We've never discussed the idea that, like, a lot of shows would pretend, like, do a conceit that we've um, we've actually got a real time machine. We've travelled through space and time and arrived in the early 90s mm. and we're broadcasting from there but to a 2018 audience. Right. Is that something that's worth considering or well, is, is it a bit some, too high concept? I
2: could drop some sound effects in of what might yeah. sound like a time machine. I'll do that now. Yeah. <laughs> There it is. There we go. Okay. So yeah, we're we've here. We are in the nineties. I'm
1: wearing a global hypercolor t-shirt. Is that the one that uh, when it, yeah. when you sweated it created different uh, color sweat patches under your arms?
2: Yep, that's right. And I'm wearing what was it? Fucking Gio Goy. Yeah, so that was big around then. Possibly yeah. Joe blogs.
1: Yeah, BitPost. Joe Bloggs. He's a bit, a bit post Manchester, bit pre Britpop.
2: Exactly, betwixt
1: betwixt those two Manchester eras. And yeah,
2: and as we'll see from some of the music we'll be playing throughout the show, it was a shit time for music, really. Yeah. Um. Shall we start off with the winners of the Premier League for that season? Yeah. It, it's pretty boring, really. Manchester United won it again. They burst out of the traps. They won thirteen out of their first fifteen matches. Uh, they were fourteen points clear at the start of nineteen ninety four, and then they had a bit of a dip. Blackburn came after them, but Manchester United won it with points to spare. But that's not, really not, not why we're here, is it? We're not that asked about who won the thing. No, it's all the but stuff. if you look
1: at the table, there's interesting stories brewing below because Blackburn Rovers, who in last week's show, I don't know how we're releasing these shows, but in the last show about last season... Um, we were saying, oh, they'd just arrived in the Premier League. And some young whippersnappers like myself had barely believed they were a real club. And now, already in just their second season under Kenny Dalglish. And Jack
2: Walker's 1000000s And Jack forget. Walker's
1: Millions, they're finishing second. Yep. And below them, something I'm sure you'll be uh, keen to dwell upon, Newcastle United recently promoted under double K.
2: Just promoted, yeah. mm-hmm.
1: In their third. first season, back in the top flight, finished third. Third in the league. And that was a sign of things to come of two clubs that would be improbable dominant forces in the Premier League in the 90s.
2: And that's what the Premier League was about. It was about, um, you know, you couldn't predict who was going to be at the top. The, the big five mm. who wanted the Premier League. Um, Manchester United won it again. Obviously, Arsenal finished fourth this season. But further down was Liverpool, eighth. Their era of domination was at an end. Spurs, fifteenth.
1: Below West Ham. Below West Ham. That's a lovely sight. West Ham finished thirteenth, and the two clubs directly below us are Chelsea and Tottenham, our two biggest sort of top flight rivals.
2: That's pretty much that sort of like winning been, the league I've, for you. Then, it isn't was it? pretty
1: much winning the league. I don't think that's happened since, to be honest.
2: And the fifth of the big five, so called big five, should I say, Everton finished seventeenth. And we'll hear more about their um they're that season.
1: And Aston Villa, who'd finished runners-up the year before and yep. pushed United quite hard um, in the era of, I think, um, Dalian Atkinson and Dean Saunders yep. and, and stuff, uh, they only finished 10th and they got to UEFA Cup first round. Although I do remember that, them taking on Inter Milan and uh, slightly tubby... Um, peroxide blonde midfielder called Paul Birch marking Lothar Mateus out of the game. (laughs) He's dead now, uh, Paul Birch. So, sorry, I should have said that before you chuckled. Um, But he is dead, which is sad. But there was an amazing night that I remember watching that. It was when you still got excited about watching English clubs in Europe because they'd had that break. And it wasn't long after we'd been allowed back in and uh, not that long, it was in the f- sort of few early years and now, now I'm sort of jaded about European football, but oh, I, would there's, get too tre- I would get tre- there's too much of it. There's too much of it, but I would get tremendously excited about watching our teams and, and I would get behind pretty much any side, any English side who I'd not like when West Ham were playing them, but I'd really back them when yeah. we were playing in Europe and I remember vividly seeing Villa play Inter Milan, the Inter Milan that had those World Cup winners like Lothar Mateus right. and Klinsmann and Bremer.
2: Great times, and I just want to, like, you know, say that I wasn't laughing about Paul Birch. No, kind of. of course not. Have you got anything you want to add from uh, adding on from the last episode? Any, yeah, for, a, a regular for
1: regular listeners, for regular listeners, every week at the beginning of a podcast, I will be sort of backdating some data or information that our team data. of producers were unable to uh, get for us in time.
2: Right for the previous
1: show, and I can tell you that Paul Ross was the producer of the word really paul ross the the paul ross the broadcaster, the broadcaster. brother of jonathan yeah popular broadcaster uh, also a very talented producer program maker in his day before he became he more of an on-screen talent he produced the word
2: well i think that's added a great deal to the fact file that, um that the first episode that we did yeah was um should we do some shit shirt sponsors yeah let's do it okay here we go uh thistle hotels
1: oh hang on let me look at the table
2: I don't Thistle
1: Hotel should
2: be allowed to look at the table. Uh all right,
1: I'm gonna take a guess. Go on. Swindon Town.
2: Nope. It was actually Leeds United.
1: Okay. Oh yeah, I can picture and that. And Leeds now.
2: United had a funny old season because they finished fifth. Two years previously they'd won the football league for the last time yeah. under Howard Wilkinson. And then in their second season they finished seventeenth, I think it was. Two points above relegation.
1: A maybe like, the European Cup, they can handle it. it.
2: Maybe that's what it was. They sold Cantona as well during that season. So, yeah, no could have had something to do with it. But I digress. Anyway, um, another shit shirt sponsor, CSF.
1: CSF. <laughs> um, Coventry. QPR. Oh, it's a shame, because before that, they had um, had uh, Classic FM, yeah, classics, which is the, one of the, the, the most episode, unlikely yeah. sp- They, of course, had one of the best short shirt sponsors of all time and in the was... 80s, Guinness.
2: Ah, not allowed to do that anymore, though, are you?
1: Not allowed booze on your shirt?
2: No, I don't think I so. I didn't
1: know that. Think, no, of course All not. the best sponsors were, were boozes, weren't they? We,
2: Sunderland had Vox, um I think it, was, it might have been Samson beer or something in about
1: West Ham never had a booze, but I mean you won't like this, but obviously Newcastle Brown Out was the yeah. best shirt sponsor probably ever when mm. they supported when they sponsored Newcastle in the mid nineties and uh, Spurs had Holsten for years, which they I did. always thought looked pretty good.
2: Can't do that anymore. What is CSF, do you know?
1: Dunno. Know. So, so sounds so like a I, it sounds like a terrible poisonous gas used it's, by French riot police.
2: According to Google it's cerebrospinal fluid. Lovely. A clear, colourless body fluid found in the brain and spinal cord. So
1: they were sponsored by a body fluid?
2: They were, yes. In ninety three, ninety four. QPR was sponsored I don't know by. how
1: that body fluid monetizes itself in order to pay for that kind of marketing. There must have
2: been some kind of, like, you know, marketing board. Like the milk marketing board?
1: Yeah, just for a generic thing. Yeah. Like, so- do you think other bodily fluids have marketing boards as well? Like, for instance, spunk. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know... <laughs> Millwall sponsored by Spunk, Spunk. or Guess. Gob. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Tranmere Rovers proudly sponsored by Gob or Phlegm. I don't, I don't I'd know. Run out of other bodily fluids that I know of. Blood. We could come back to that. Blood would be a good one, <laughs> it would wouldn't blood it? Blood sponsor. I think blood would sponsor Millwall again. Yeah, or Glasgow Rangers. <laughs>
2: yeah. um, another one, Lever.
1: Lever, Lever. Well, that's Sheffield United, you did that last time. I
2: did, yeah, but I thought I'd test it on it again. Mm. And Sanderson.
1: Could sponsor that.
2: <laughs> who, spon- who, who was Sanderson sponsor of?
1: Oh, hang on, you did that one last time uh, as well. Did I? I think Sanderson were the sponsor of... Oh, fuck it, I don't know, like City.
2: Fucking hell, Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs>
1: When's Of course? When's you did it last time. Knives and forks, it? Got the bloody Alzheimer's. Never
2: did the forks, and did the knives. That's yeah, how it works in that Sheffield.
1: That's how it works in Sheffield.
2: Let's move on to another one. Dimplex.
1: Dimplex. The good
2: people at Dimplex good. Are they putting what their money is
1: Dimplex? I know what Dimplex is. Do you? It's a uh, brand. It's a body fluid. <laughs> it's no. It's the... actually a brand of female contraception. Dimplex. It's a type of um, you know, diaphragm.
2: Right. And who did they sponsor then?
1: Uh, Everton. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was actually Southampton. Oh, okay. And, uh, Burma. But with the country, Burma. <laughs> yeah.
1: Terrible human rights record.
2: Burma oil. Burma
1: oil. Oh, my Burma God. Oil. That is hang your head in shame. Whoever allowed themselves to be sponsored by Burma Royal, who, well, Again, I don't want to get us into legal hot water after the last oh, episode on. and the, the issues we've had with Ian with the estate of Ian Marshall. But... You're not
2: supposed to mention Ian Marshall again.
1: Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. Because of God, just... God, I've now made it worse. I've broken the injunction. Burma Oil were proud sponsors that season of Norwich City. Nah. Of course they're
2: not. <clears throat> Swindon Town. Swindon Town. Burma Oil. Here's one you might get. Dagenham Motors. West Ham. West Ham, no problem. And Wimbledon. Who was Wimbledon's sponsor? Remember they didn't last have one. Time?
1: They got one.
2: They got one, yeah. Who was it? It was LBC. Oh, yeah. still going strong. Yeah. So there you go. That's our shit shirt sponsors for this episode of...
1: Wimbledon finished shit. God, it's easy to forget how well Wimbledon did for so long. Because yeah. people associate them with that Dave Bassett team. And then Bobby Golden and winning the cup. Well, cap. Joe Kinnear. But this is years later.
2: Joe Kinnear took that on, took them to the next level, didn't he?
1: Joe Kinnear, A few of course. Um, Joe Kinnear came on Talksport one night and claimed he'd <laughs> won Manager of the Season four times. He
2: did. He did. that's true
1: <laughs> which as much as I say he did a damn fine job with Wimbledon he's patently untrue did he not
2: make a lot of similar claims that were completely untrue Man, lots of claims a late night interview yeah
1: it say. was when he was managing Newcastle it was, and he, wasn't he, it? he didn't know the names of a lot of the players he claimed yeah he claimed he was the best manager yeah
2: and best then he, and then he, he and I think he had a heart attack didn't he And had to leave yeah it might have been a legitimate heart attack it might not have been but in that season yeah he guided Wimbledon to 6th in the Premier League and he was manager of the month three times. So that might be where he gets the manager of the year yeah, four that's times. Yeah, that's
1: what confused him. He's taken because some facts, he was, he was such a tyrant. Lies. He ran it like Stalin ran the Soviet Union. Yeah. And so people would come to him with the manager of the month. And if they told him manager of the month, he would go mad and beat them with the award. <laughs> so they learn that they would say, this is the manager of the year award, Mr Kinnear. And he'd go, good, very good. And then they'd bring him another one the following month say he'd won it again. And he went, but I can't win it again. It's still the same year. And they'd go, yeah, but you've just done so well. They've given you another one.
2: And if the QPR manager had won it, he would take the award and possibly insert it into into the offending player lubricated by some CSF.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the connection. Mm.
2: Joe Kinnear is, is part of a section I was going to, uh, mention which I was going to call unsexy managers. Mm. And Joe Kinnear was the only one in there. But that 1993, 1994 saw the the arrival of what we can call sexy managers, which there wasn't really any of in 92, 93. Now the first one was Glenn Hoddle.
1: Yeah, he was sexy. Glenn
2: Hoddle made his debut as a manager. Was he a player manager? I think he was, wasn't he? For that, he first, was, first and he, he
1: played sweeper. <clears throat> yeah, because he came Swindon.
2: Swindon where way played, and he got them promoted, and then fucked them off. Yeah, Straight he went to Chelsea, Chelsea, the Chelsea bastard.
1: So John Gorman would have been in charge of Swindon Town. John
2: Gorman was stuck with Swindon. Is he
1: sexy? He had a sexy moustache. He's niche. He's the sort of bloke who my mum would have brought home in the 80s. That was the sort of fella right. that she would have gone for. She was quite butch and he had a big sort right. of Magnum yeah. PI style moustache. I,
2: I think the gears he, might have gone for John Gorman. And
1: he looked as if he had a, a sort of the reassuring whiff of whiskey about him. Yeah. Just a little whiff. The I'm not The reassuring saying he had a whiff. whiff. You know like when a sort of a bloke who you think, you know This it, man smells
2: of whiskey, he's all right. Is that yeah. Drive my to say? mum
1: home in a jag, come in, slip me a fiver, smell of whiskey. Fair enough, mate. John Gorman. You're John Gorman. <laughs> Do you're the you manager of Swindon Town. You're my mum's new boyfriend. Good. Get Congratulations. Stuck in. <laughs> Get stuck in, exactly. Keep the fivers coming, mate. <laughs> um, any other sexy one George Graham was fairly sexy mm, do you well think? turned out he was well groomed well drilled <laughs> yeah like a well I find a well drilled man sexually attractive George
2: yes. Graham used to used to wear the blazer didn't he yeah
1: but That's he always had a lovely sexy. overcoat like a like it looked like it was good quality like yeah. cashmere blend or something
2: I think George, George Graham in the bedroom, I don't think he'd be very imaginative. I think he'd no, be sort of...
1: very efficient. Seven no. out
2: of ten, very efficient. Get very the job efficient, done bring in,
1: you to in, orgasm, in in no under, questions asked.
2: Under seven minutes. Yeah. And then move, move on to... A,
1: then for a quick shower, rub down and debrief.
2: Yeah, and then move on to a, to some UEFA Cup highlights on midweek <laughs> sports special. Yeah,
1: with a towel just wrapped neatly around his waist.
2: <laughs> yeah, and he'd sit with his legs apart. <laughs> So yeah, George so Grimm, Graham, He's not on the list that I've got. You're saying he's
1: mid-table. Who else was I've got, sexy? I've got
2: Keegan in there as well. Yeah, he was sexy, mostly for the sexy football that he brought to the Premier League. He just had basketball.
1: pizzazz. Yeah, he was a sort of blow. I'm not saying he was he was classically handsome or anything, but he he carried a magic in those era that era in particular. He carried a magic aura about him that you couldn't help but find captivating. If he
2: was the pipe Piper, you'd you'd follow him wherever follow he was going to I'd follow him off the edge you. of a fucking cliff. Yeah, exactly wouldn't you even yeah. I wouldn't and I'm a, a solo those, fan
1: a lot of those lads did they did more or less to yeah. their death
2: <laughs> that was Kevin Keegan he was yeah. a sexy manager and a bit of a wild card um, and our very first foreign manager in the Premier oh. League as well Osvaldo Ardiles
1: sexy because it's he's spurs. got a sexy accent a nice sexy tan accent.
2: didn't speak any English sophisticated
1: but- tastes yeah, like he'd take you out for a cracking meal, wouldn't he? He
2: would. Uh, again, that's kind of more to do with the standard standard of football that he brought. No defending whatsoever for Spurs. Um, just attacking football. Quite sexy football if you don't like defending. And, of course, they finished in 15th. Now, is this West the year Ham.
1: that Clinsman joined Spurs? No, that's, that's, to that's coming in a later right. episode.
2: But there's footage of Ozzy Ardiles uh, sitting in the dugout at White Hart Lane and he's wearing a baseball cap and he's got a really big oversized mm. coat on and he looks a little bit like someone who's just got out from, on a day trip from a, a long-term hospital stay <laughs> and they've took him to a football match but he needs or, to keep warm. Like
1: he's got a wasting disease.
2: <laughs> That's probably why he's in. Yeah, he's got a hospital. wasting and, yeah. disease. And it's he? a special treat to go to White Hart. He's wasting at Spurs. such
1: a rate that we don't think he's, he's going to disappear soon. Mm. So the sooner we get him along to watch a football game, the better.
2: Yeah. Exactly. And also, again, ex Swindon, which was a, the breeding ground for sexy football. He, yeah, managers. he was
1: at Swindon. He left to join Spurs. Spurs replaced him with Hoddle.
2: Yep. And this is the season when Mike Walker jumped ship from Norwich mid season.
1: Walker, you traitor, you pig.
2: Exactly. And it prick. didn't
1: work out. It didn't work out for him, did it?
2: Karma, that innit? It's karma for you. You know, he took Everton Norwich have always
1: Europe. done that. I mean, Everton have. They did it with Walker, then they did it with Royal. Yeah. And. You know, they've done it again. They did it again, didn't they? They did it with Martinez. Yeah. And then they did it with Cooman from Southampton. They tend to go to other top flight clubs who are sort of below them in the pecking order and pick out a manager waiting for them to make the step up
2: and ruin them. They usually ruin them, yeah. They reversed the mechanism a few years ago with David Moyes. It did really well for Mm -hmm. for them, and then they sent him out into the wider world and he fucking ruined all kinds of things. Bill Kenwright
1: said one day from the control room of Everton, reverse the mechanism. He did. And they were like, but Mr. Kenwright, reverse the mechanism. It's never been attempted mechanism. before. And we don't know what will happen. Yeah. Do it. You they can't do it. The you can't do it, Mr. Kenwright. <laughs> don't tell me what I can and can't do. I've been dominating the West End theatre land for over three
2: decades. I've still got Joseph and Raising Technicolor Dreamcoat <laughs> selling out across the land. <laughs> I can do what I want. <laughs> and that he did he reversed be the mechanism him,
1: it, it worked because he sabotaged Manchester United He United
2: Sunderland and now West Ham yeah. he even sent them to Spain and sabotaged whoever it was over there that he played for
1: that's Ken Wright that's Ken that Wright that is for you. Ken Wright <laughs> that's 100% Ken Wright
2: and one Wright, day that, that
1: will be a musical he produces about himself That's, Ken, that's, Ken, that's Ken, right. Ken Wright exclamation mark let's <laughs> have a little
2: bit of music from 1993-94 I hope it's
1: from a Bill Ken Wright musical <laughs> I'll see what I can do for you
2: Culture Beat, Mr Vane, that was the soundtrack to my uh, Cyprus holiday of the summer of 1993, I'll it, have you know. Uh,
1: it was my soundtrack to Rhodes holiday. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah I had a similar, what well, I assume was a similar holiday.
2: Yeah, we were um, far apart assu-
1: then. Assuming you spent a lot of time in a cl- skulking about a nightclub hoping to uh, yeah. catch the eye of a... Yeah, of a foreign lady no, dancing to Mister Vane by Culture yeah, Beat
2: didn't work. I also found the best steak sauce that I've ever had. Oh yeah, and it was on the last night of the holiday. oh
1: got it. Found
2: this two-week holiday. i Found this restaurant on the last night, and I had what was called steak canton,
1: mm.
2: and it was it had uh, it was cream based mm. and it had some cheese in it as well. There might yeah. have been a few bits of mushrooms in it. Lovely. It was delicious, and I've tried to recreate it for 24 years. Really? Since. Can't you do never it.
1: thought of trying to go back and hunt the place couldn't, down? Couldn't
2: afford it. Could Spent given... too much money on ingredients.
1: Have you tried Googling the recipe? Is yeah, it something... Nah, I've tried everything. It's just a shame. How many of you went on the holiday? Just me and my mate Phil. Just two of you?
2: Me and Phil, yeah.
1: There was five of us in Rhodes. Two weeks. Two weeks is too long, really, for one of those odd days. You get to day four, and you've already all had a fight with each yeah. other. You're you hung over all the time, so you're a bit depressed. Yeah, you're running out. You've already you you taken enough what you thought was enough for two weeks, but you're already like down to like one day's money because you yeah. spunked it on the first three nights out at the
2: clubs. That's it. Well, I was I was ill on about day five. I think it might have been food poisoning or something. So yeah. I'd gone I'd gone to bed early. Phil went out by himself down the crazy parrot bar. Oh,
1: good. Well right. done him.
2: He was fond of the whiskey as well. Was Phil? <laughs> right. He came back at like two in the morning and started dancing to EMF <laughs> that he was playing in the room keeping mm. me awake I was pretending to be asleep because obviously I didn't know what was going to happen if I'll tell you it's section,
1: unbelievable Phil you
2: are yeah and then he took a piss off the balcony of
1: course he did everyone's always did. pissing Textbook. Yeah, on these holidays, on these early '90s fucking lads' holidays, someone's always pissing off a balcony. Of
2: course they are, but we were only on the first floor, so I think it might have landed on someone. I pissed on
1: my mate Josh's tent when we were in the Costa Brava the year before, and I've always felt really out of order. You camped in the Costa Brava? Yeah. Hell. We only camped for a couple of nights. It was stiflingly hot, and in the end, we, a
2: nylon tent.
1: Yeah, in the end, a barman, a, 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 an English barman from the pub we were, obviously went to every single night, the English pub, to egg play and darts and have egg and chips. He sorted us out with an apartment. Luckily, we all got out of it without being sexually abused.
2: Where were we? Uh, yeah, Culture Beat, Mr. Vane, and um, this is a podcast about what's it about? The Premier League.
1: Yeah, but I mean, also, it's just about that era, the 90s. I mean, when I think of being on those holidays, I think of Culture Built and Beat, Mr. Vane, and I think of people like Alan Cork and Ian Marshall and all of the other sort of, uh, you know, star players of the era. It's all wrapped up into one jumble in my mind. I can't separate. I can't separate that bar in Blanes on the Costa Brava (laughs) from uh, Culture Beat, from, you know, the girls I met, or from Kevin Keegan.
2: No one's asking you to. That's I, I what, just that's why I cannot here. do
1: it, and I refuse to. No one's asking you okay, to. That's right.
2: why I do remember on that holiday as well. I watched Swindon play Liverpool live on TV, and Swindon got fucking battered five 0 at home. Oh, it might have shame. been their first home game of the season.
1: Funny how they were like the like you say they were the sexy exotic club of the era, weren't they? Well, they they were, were. They were. The in, they were the innovative sort of cool, stylish club playing with a sweeper. And yeah, until Goldman until Goldman got his, his
2: whisky-soaked hands on them <laughs> and um, and ruined them, and they got relegated obviously that season, and they conceded exactly 100 goals. Man, that's in not their fortunes, and they did it in style. They did it with aplomb. They lost their final game of the season against Leeds five nil to get that lovely record yeah, of 100 nice and neat goals conceded
1: to round it all off. Yep. That's
2: the Swindon way This, this is it. it.
0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
1: This is it! There was it? a little bit of a shift in popular culture because 94... No, not, well, this is ninety three ninety four, so during this season some great films were released. Let's have them. Uh, well, at the more commercial end of the, first of all, I'm going to go through, and you tell me simply. I'll name the film right. that came out during this season, right. and you simply say, "Vagina or no vagina." Okay, and I'll tell you whether you're right. Here's a really interesting one to get going with: Jurassic Park.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking human vagina or dinosaur any type or vagina? Of vagina? Vagina.
1: Yeah, correct. The Fugitive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> fugitive no vagina
1: no you don't see Tommy Lee Jones vagina in that Groundhog Day vagina Ali what's her name uh, now this is the easiest answer this is the easiest question you'll ever be asked come on Mrs Doubtfire vagina correct Carlito's Way no vagina true romance vagina falling down no vagina demolition man no vagina Demolition Man, uh, side note, one of the greatest uh, sort of strap lines for a film ever. Sometimes to catch a maniac, you have to send a maniac. <laughs> uh, free Willy.
2: That was John Gorman's catchphrase in <laughs> yeah, as well. Was, yeah. Free Willy. Free Willy, no vagina.
1: <laughs> <laughs> free Willy was about an inca- an ensnared whale.
2: Yeah. It was insane, wasn't it, the yeah. whale? It went insane,
1: and then the follow an insane whale, uh, the following season, pulp fiction, Forrest following Gump, season the following year, sorry, but we're into ninety four.
2: All right, this is ninety four, is it? Yeah,
1: pulp fiction, vagina, Forrest Gump, vagina, the Lion King, vagina, loads of vaginas in that Shawshank Redemption,
2: <laughs> Lion vagina,
1: <laughs>
2: Shawshank, um,
1: no, it's all blokes, Roman isn't it? Uh, North vagina. <laughs> Natural Born Killers. Vagina. The Mask. <laughs> Vagina. And Dumb and Dumber. Two vaginas. It was, yeah. Amazing amount of vaginas in the cinema of that era.
2: Yeah, it was. And let's have a little bit more music now. Back to there we go. That's Snoop Doggy Dog, and that was his very first hit. What's my name? Mm. And he's still with us now today. Snoop Doggy Dog. Yeah. Pumping out Utter shit. Yeah. It's a shame, on an annual really. basis. I just, think he's yeah. got God as well, has he not? Probably. Yeah. Good luck to him.
1: Yeah. Fair enough, mate.
2: Anyway, yeah, the uh, the Premier League. Um, what should we talk about? Let's talk about the tune.
1: Yeah. Well, this was a difficult era for, to be a Macam, I'm sure it
2: was, but I'm prepared to put that on one side. And because
1: you know they came out and it was clear they were on an upward trajectory. Andy, the the
2: the, the boundary between what was what was it called then Division One? Yeah the boundary between division 1 and uh the premier league did not act as any kind of repellent no. to newcastle united and kevin no. Keegan and their their sexy football circus
1: they just they, they just, just kept went on winning, and didn't they? and out. and as soon uh, the writing was on the wall and you must have known it you must have been keenly aware that season the writing was on the wall because they hadn't yet attracted the real big names that were pushing to the next level like ginola and ferdinand no. who they who they subsequently signed but even without them they i think they probably had i think they, no i think they had Andy Cole player from and Peter Beardsley them,
2: they signed Beardsley that summer and that was the key signing that got mm. them to where they were because Beardsley was in his in his, his salad days you know i think he must yeah. have been about 32 then left Everton he'd been to Liverpool but Beardsley signing he got 21 goals in the premier league that season what a peter player beardsley.
1: peter beardsley was and andy
2: cole got 34 goals I
1: mean, andy cole was unreal peter beardsley was brilliant and then they had uh you know, a lot of the team were coming through, would go on to be like No, they didn't have Gillespie then, did they? Because Gillespie came he in the in swap. The,
2: in the swap with Andy for, Cole, for, yeah, they had Andy Scott Cole. Sellers.
1: Scott Sellers was Lee good. Clark. I think they had Rob Lee already, and he yep. went on to be a really important player for them. And um I don't know whether they had Kill Klein, Kill yeah, Klein they had, had Lee gone. Clark.
2: We'll we'll, we'll mention Kilkline Klein later on. Oh good. No spoilers. Um Darren Peacock, yeah, and they they had like Steve Watson, Mark Hottiger. Yeah, I he remember must have been him. one of the first foreign, foreign imports, players, yeah. Mark Hotiger So that was Newcastle and they finished third. Um and I think really that's that's the proper Newcastle team when they started spending big money and bringing in like Ferdinand and that was just all flash. Nobody can really respect that.
1: They started taking the piss and they started buying players who were just sort of it wasn't even imaginative who they bought it was just the obvious players Tina Asprey so like, was up in that era well. if you wanted a winger you didn't well David Ginola if you wanted yeah. a tackling midfielder which they lacked you go and sign David Batty from Blackburn yeah. which is what they did
2: yeah but this was the year when David Batty had actually signed for Blackburn moving swiftly on oh. Batty had signed for Blackburn in that summer along with Tim Flowers mm. and Ian Pearce
1: Ian Pierce, good player, went yeah, on to play for West Ham.
2: He did. Where did Ian Pierce come from though before he went I to
1: don't Blackburn? know where he was from Blackburn. I'd assumed that he was a Blackburn like product.
2: Because I thought that he'd gone from West Ham. No. I'm now googling Ian Pierce and it's coming up Ian Pierce Urology.
1: I think and That's that not the same Ian Pierce. is spelt with an I.
2: He went he came from Chelsea. Well, they signed him in ninety three. He'd played four games for Chelsea. So it was a, a revelation. Well, really. he's
1: spot. He, he was well spotted by Kenny Dalglish then. That's because,
2: Dalglish all over for you. Yeah, yeah. it
1: was. Yeah. yeah, he was a good. He was. He was a good player in Pierce. Very quick. Yep.
2: So that was Blackburn, and as we mentioned earlier, on Blackburn managed to get up to second and challenge Manchester United for the title. Ooh, I wonder what will happen next season with Blackburn mm. and Jack Walker's millions and Kenny Dalglish and his eyes. See, for that's the thing. That's
1: why it's important to listen to this podcast every week because it's sort of like a thriller. There's little, yeah. there's little things that we'll do, little clues hmm. as to what happens. next. We're, we're planting seeds here.
2: It's like one of them ones about a murder where you've got to listen to all of them. Yeah, it's find like serial. murder at the end.
1: And it's like, yeah, Man United won the league, but they couldn't be complacent because just behind them were two clubs who had their eyes set firmly on the prize.
2: On the prize, yeah. And of course, the murderer was, of course, Bill Kenwright.
1: Mm. Reverse the mechanism. <laughs>
2: This This is is it. it. (laughs) What else have we got? Sam, do you remember Club Call, Sam? Of course I do. Going back to the 90s Uh, Well,
1: my brother Theo, who's a Spurs fan, fell asleep um, (laughs) in a a drunken stupor.
2: (laughs) On Club Call?
1: On Club Call. And then woke up in the morning, and I remember him, I can't remember what player it was he said he could hear. It was someone like he could hear... (laughs) dean austin he said he was woken by the voice of dean austin
2: the crackle of dean austin yeah the and he thought right? What's, that's
1: dean austin and then he woke up and thought, oh no and he'd had club call him, and it's just funny that you come in late at night pissed up and he had a bachelor pad at the time it's it dean austin yes <laughs> and uh yeah my brother's come home and you know you're all pissed and he goes, oh, hang on, I'll just call up this premium rate number to listen to Dean Austin talking about his thoughts ahead of the home game against Southampton on that's Saturday. Because that's just what you feel like when you're off your face. But I suppose it's no different to like, we might do the same on our phone, looking it up on the internet. But it's just funny, you go free, up though, it goes to trouble. And it was a pound a minute or something, something mental. Bible, so he woke up and he'd done a lot of money. All for the sake of Dean Austin. If he Basically, didn't... a luxury Dean Austin alarm clock is what it was.
2: Did Club Call have some kind of system whereby it would just shut off charging you if you'd like spent more than 15 quid or something? Or did they just kept racking up the bills? Nah.
1: Not in those days. Didn't care, did they? They wouldn't give a shit. Remember, we were living under the yoke of John Major.
2: Yeah, we were. It was,
1: And he Cl- was like, it's the free market.
2: Yeah, Club Call was sort of like the origin of clickbait that we've got now, wasn't it? Because yeah. it would be on, on CFAX. No, it wouldn't be CFAX because that was an advert. It would be on Oracle. Mm. and there'd be adverts for, for Club Corp. <laughs> and it would it would tell you, it would say something like, new signing imminent, question mark, for your club.
1: And you knew it was bullshit, but you yeah. couldn't help. But but now, I don't fall for that kind of clickbait, because we've all become quite literate in what We're sites are now, telling the we? truth and what ones aren't. But in those days, even though you knew it was bullshit, there was such a dearth of football in news and information. Because yeah. even the newspapers didn't really cover it uh, anywhere near what they do now. I mean, broadsheet newspapers barely bothered. And you'd... um. And so you would just pounce on anything. And that yeah. was it was a licence to print money. I wouldn't be surprised if Ken Wright was behind that as well.
2: I wouldn't be surprised at all. Completely. He'd at
1: least invested some of his millions in it.
2: Yeah. Let's have a bit of music. Class there, and let me show you as I morph into a regional Mm. DJ from that would have been playing in the
1: nightclubs of Cyprus and Rhodes, wouldn't it? When we were off on our holidays that year,
2: I think that's why it hit the playlist because I remember it from that. Yeah, very much a brilliant bit of pop. Hey, Ryan Giggs, Mm. he was very big in '93 '94. Um, and I found this quote from Alex Ferguson. I like to think this is true, I really hope it is. Alex Ferguson said about him. I remember when I first saw him, he was 13, and he just floated over the ground like a Cocker Spaniel chasing a piece of silver paper in the wind. <laughs> Why a piece of silver paper? What? Is that a Cocker Spaniel... That's Spa- not a thing that happens, I've, Alex I'm, Ferguson. I've never owned a Cocker Spaniel. I'm huh. not all fair with their behavioural traits, but... Is that something that Cocker Spaniels do?
1: No, he's thinking of bloody those birds that are attracted to silver things. Magpies. He's thinking of magpies. He meant to say that Ryan Giggs reminded him of a magpie. (laughs) He was attracted to glittery, silvery (laughs) products. And when he saw them, he would almost float towards them like a ghost. (laughs) A ghost of a magpie. And And his nickname around (laughs) the club at the time and the training ground (laughs) <laughs> was the ghostly magpie, which confused people because he didn't play for Newcastle.
2: And then Manchester United's press officer at the time would have like had a quick word with him and said, "You know, you know, that that might attract the attention of Kevin Keegan. You compared it to a magpie. Uh, you know, could get a, an unwanted bid." Okay, then I'll change that. It uh, 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 floated over the ground like a cocker spaniel. <laughs> She's in a piece of silver paper in the wind.
1: <laughs> and then the press guy goes, "You might want to change the other half of that analogy because." Um, Cocker Spaniels are, are not attracted to oh, silver paper. There's I'm not changing Spaniel. everything. I've only changed one thing. A I'm not Spaniel. changing the whole line. I'm my own man. Reverse the mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> you bollocks. He's nothing like a Cocker Spaniel. Uh, but he was a great player. And it was, it was amazing when he came through and he was just 16. Yeah. yeah I mean, it was just fucking unbelievable, Ryan Giggs. Wasn't it? it was like something from Royal Rose. It's just like this amazing curly headed
2: dribbling machine. Like,
1: piss taker. Yeah. Like a kid in the park. Like when someone's little yeah. brother comes on and you begrudgingly say, all right, let him play. But, yeah. you know, he'll have to go on your team because he'll be shit. He's wearing a bib. And then it's like, oh my God, he's just taking the piss out. He's nutmegged all of us.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep and it, it got coached out of him, didn't it? Later on, that's something that gets coached out of you because yeah. you learned about positional sense and tactics, and all. That yeah, sort of he became bollocks. more boring. It became more boring. It
1: was like you know, he showed a flag. he accidentally had a weird sort of flashback that time when he scored a wonder goal against Arsenal. Yeah, this is who later. I want to
2: be. It was almost like it was a cocker spaniel. It was a cocker spaniel. Chasing a piece, of a piece of silver paper piece in lead. the wind. He
1: said in the post-match interview. He said, "Where did that come?" And he goes, "Well, it's just like it, it was. Took me back to my youth. I felt like I was a cocker spaniel <laughs> chasing a piece of silver paper in the wind all over." again
2: and you know what i heard a rumor i heard a rumor that they did some um they did some tests on gigs some mm. physiological tests to try yeah. and figure out what made him like he was and he had um he had 40 percent more csf than All anybody right. else did there you go in his bloodstream so that's what that was so that's right you know Giggs. what if
1: we need a sponsor for this podcast we should think about approaching csf we'll Get
2: in touch with the csf marketing board
1: either that or spunk
2: well, well yeah well, I mean, we've done a lot of work already for um for csf haven't we
1: We have, yeah, so they'd they'd obviously be the main people we'd go for.
2: And, of course, Liverpool had their own version of Ryan Giggs as well, an inferior, ganglier version of Ryan Giggs called Steve McManaman.
1: Steve McManaman, who, in that era, reminded me a great deal physically of Nicole Kidman. Really? Look it up, mate. They're well-known lookalikes. Nicole Kidman and Steve McManaman, you'd never seen them in the same room together.
2: Ooh. I've never known that before. I'll, I'll look that up, definitely. But during 90, what were we, 93, 94, during 93, 94, McManaman and Bruce Grobelar had a fight on the pitch during a 2-0 defeat at Everton. And um, they had a bit of a bit of a Barney. Um, yeah. Grobelar shoved McManaman in the face mm. and then uh, McManaman <laughs> slapped said, him back.
1: You bloody Nicole Kidman lookalike <laughs> bastard. <busted." laughs> exactly. <laughs> Here's a um, I never liked Nicole Kidman And I don't like you
2: (laughs) Oh yeah you're right
1: I'm showing Andy a picture
2: Yeah Someone's um, actually done the comparison
1: Well as soon as I typed in Steve McManaman It came up Nicole Kidman Came came. up Nicole Kidman
2: Well that's proof positive then isn't it Yeah um, But yeah McManaman slapped Bruce Grobbler in the face
1: that's why and he was would pretty you do that? young. He's pretty young and foolish. And and Bruce Grobbelaar was a legend, wasn't he? At the time, he was time. a
2: Zimbabwean soldier before he became a goalkeeper. And I imagine that Bruce Grobbelaar has been definitely involved in some dark, dark shit. It's
1: not easy being a soldier in Zimbabwe. I wouldn't imagine. I I've got no reason for saying that. I don't know what goes down in Zimbabwe. It's informed almost by ignorance. I mean, the racist racism really isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. I'm just saying, being a soldier anywhere in the world is awful, and my support is always with our brave boys yeah, wherever my, they are. Mine
2: as well. Yeah, if you're listening out there, Afghanistan,
1: wherever you might be, lads, good we, look with we're the, grateful
2: um, with the stuff, the fighting and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's have some more music.
1: Another holiday classic from that year. That was being played in all the discos, wasn't it?
2: That was it, yeah. Blue Girls and Boys. It was about mm. discos. It was. It was
1: actually, you were dancing on holiday to a song that was actually about what you were doing. I think Because called... it was all written about yeah. those holidays that like, everyone was going on.
2: Like Dancing Queen.
1: Yeah, I guess so, yeah.
2: <laughs> like, we're almost out of time, so let's just or wrap una up... Una
1: Paloma Blanca.
2: Mm. Is <laughs> it? Yeah. let's just wrap up some other stuff that happened in 93-94 Roy Keane arrived and replaced Brian Robson uh, at Manchester United he was a record
1: record signing wasn't he and
2: improved on what they had Um, the relegation battle went right to the last day of the season Sheffield United were relegated Mm. under the previous season's manager of the year Dave Bassett Uh, Sheffield United had lost 3-2 at Chelsea and Everton managed to win 3-2 against Wimbledon with just 8 minutes to go I think and Sheffield United went down in injury time. That might happen again this season in the Premier League, actually. Did
1: did they sue um, any of the other clubs who survived? Yeah, I think they sued West Ham just because... Just because they could. Just because, yeah. Because
2: why not? Uh, Manchester City said bye-bye to Peter Swills and hello to Francis Lee and... Mm. If anything, it all got worse. Here's a quote from Francis Lee, actually, about um, when he took over at Manchester City. I'll do it in Alex Ferguson's voice, because I want to. Mm. This will be the happiest club in the land. The players will be the best paid and will drink plenty of champagne, oh. celebrate and sing until we're horse. Oh,
1: wow. And That's is that it. what transpired? No, I took them down to League 3. Right.
2: Whatever it was. Mm. Um, and one other thing... Maldonaghy scored a goal in the Premier League in 1993, 94. Wow, remember that
1: must Maldonaghy? have been. I do. I, the thing I remember about it most was I was watching an episode of the match with Ian St John a few years before this that we're talking about. Yeah, when he was playing for Manchester United, and it was quite a boring game on a Sunday afternoon. And it would have been, who would it have been doing the commentary? Uh, Maldonag- um Laurie McMenemy was the co-commentator, right. and the commentator would have been,
2: oh, I've been since that, or
1: yeah, someone like that. And it was really boring. The commentator, um, Mal the, the, Donaghy passed back to the keeper, probably Jim Layton. And he went, Donaghy back. And Laurie McMen there was a pause and Laurie McMendon anyway, he went, on a kebab.
2: <laughs> and I thought, Don't mind if I do.
1: I thought, good on you, big mac and cheese. You have really livened up an otherwise dull afternoon for all of us. So Doner Mal-
2: kebab. <laughs> Mal Donaghy scored for Chelsea, age 36, in the Premier League. That's the player that you wouldn't expect to see scoring in the Premier League, but he did. It happened. And I think that's pretty much about it for 93 uh, 94. We're going to say goodbye to someone in each episode, and this time it's Brian Kilcline. Who made his last appearance in the top flight for Swindon and was relegated with them and conceded one hundred goals. <laughs> he was responsible.
1: Oh, poor old killer. And
2: he's also uh he also lives on a barge and I believe he sleeps in a coffin.
1: Well, good luck to him, I say. Uh the T V shows at the time, the biggest T V shows that year, were Don't Forget Toothbrush, Animal Hospital Ooh. with Rolf. Ooh, steady. Let's skip over that. National Lottery Live Draws, because it was the year the National Lottery started, 94, so I started trying to make an event out of that, but it was boring. The Day-to-Day. Yeah. Um, time Team with Baldrick. Vagina. Never never watched an episode in my life. Apparently it's full of ancient vaginas. And last but not least, the biggest TV hit of the year was, of course, Budgie, the Little Helicopter.
2: Oh, yeah. what a way to end. And that's it from 93, 94. Next time you tune in, we'll be 94, 95. Yeah, if that was a good in the right year. order follow us on Twitter we are at uh, TF Time Machine and click on subscribe because I think that's what you're meant to do on these things and then you get to hear all the episodes Yeah, that's pretty much it I'd just like to end by saying he was 13 and he just floated over the ground like a cocker of spaniel chasing a piece of silver paper in the wind
1: <laughs> here we Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. Should we get a quick review from Ricky?
2: Yeah, what, what do you think of that, Ricky? Ricky? Ricky. Hello. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah well, you know, it started off all right. All right. I uh, I popped off for a bit. I got a bit bored. So. Right. So you just what left. Did you, what did I you go left. and do? Uh, just made a few calls just wandered around the the corridors yeah one of them and then came back and you were talking about sexy footballers and a man that can make you orgasm under seven minutes I thought you've got my attention that's George Graham uh, yeah, he sounds like a good lad, uh, and and also I was born in this that, year that, as well. That
2: grabbed your millennial attention, didn't it? did, it yeah. Seven and, minute uh, orgasms.
1: I felt, <laughs> I felt a connection to this one, so right. yeah, it was. Um, I I thought it was better. I think better we we're improving. Yeah, uh, I think you're very good with your accents. It was a bit of role play between the two of you at times. <laughs> it was uh, improvised. Very very good work. Strong. Marks very, out of ten. Uh, I,
2: I'll give you a. a an eight Ooh. an eight the last one maybe a, a seven okay
1: well we're getting better thanks Ricky thanks Ricky we appreciate your honesty Hi this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years